Hello and welcome back to the Rag Report podcast with me, Sean Anderson, where every day I bring to you an owner, an advisor, a supplier, even investor to the global recruitment industry who are prepared to give up some of their time and expertise to help us all navigate through this COVID-19 pandemic and, and just understand what's going on in the world of recruitment. Today, uh, I'm not joined by anyone. It's, uh, it's, it's me on my own. Um, I've been meaning to do a solo podcast for a while and not actually spent the time on it so i wanted to do that and what better time than on the 50th episode of the rag report so how on earth have we got to 50 days uh of 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 podcasting during lockdown i don't don't know where it's gone i I do not know where it's gone i don't know what's happened but um I've, i've i've enjoyed it it's been massively intense it's been fun and games the, the sheer volume of scheduling, just getting people on the show has been a, a job in itself and my team behind the scenes helping uh, have been incredible. But um, yeah, I've learned, I've, I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like I've changed a lot and uh, I wanted to share with you today the things I've learned from, uh, from the 50 episodes. So I'm, I'm kind of, I've wrote a lot of notes down on a pad that if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's not particularly neat. And uh, in my, in true Sean Anderson style, I'm just going to uh, ad lib it and just go through it with you. So uh, yeah, let's see what goes on. So before I do, I want to talk to you about our first sponsor. Um, and, and look, I started working with these guys, uh, late last year, rise recruitment ventures. We, we actually, they didn't even have a name until they came to Hoxo and we worked it out together. It was a joint effort. Um, and, uh, I was, I, I featured John and Alex on, on the season, first episode of season two of the rag. And, uh, they were, they were great. They were, they're the, the brilliant guys. They, they had such a powerful story. And when I sat and listened to what they were trying to do with Rise, I, do you know what? I was just instantly bought in. I, th- I felt like if it was me as a, as a startup or even someone who's not started, that's the sort of support I would be looking for. Someone who's going to, someone who's been there before, someone who's already built and sold a recruitment business, who's prepared to give up some money as well as wanting to actually work with me. I, w- I don't know about you, but for me, I don't need the back office necessarily. I need the expertise of going through the pain of building a recruitment company. So training, um, how would you build, uh, finance functions? How do you even like, you know, negotiating leases on offices, there's things that we've never done as, as, uh, recruiters, but as recruitment owners are expected to do. And what I love about rise is that they want to build that world-class infrastructure for you with you, as opposed to just, they have it and you rent it. Um, like there's other other options out there. So um, these guys are actively looking for investments right now. They uh, they they've got a strong pipeline. I know there's a lot of people talking to them. So if you're interested, get in touch. Give them a shout um, on the website riserv.co.uk. So www.riserv.co.uk. There's a little form. Fill it in. Then they'll get in touch. And after that, they'll they'll talk you through their business planning process. They'll work out if if they think they can work with you. And and then look at putting a deal together. So, um, you know, if anyone's interested, get in touch. I hope you, uh, I hope you do. And, uh, th- we've been working with these guys on the podcast sponsorship since I think it was the beginning of May. So we're about four weeks in and, uh, I'm loving being partnered with them. Um, next on my list is to talk about the, the, the pandemic and what the first thing I've learned, I think we know this, but no one could have predicted what was going to happen. And I think the reason I'm saying that is, the amount of conversations I've had with people that I've mentioned, you know, this wasn't in my business plan. This wasn't part of the plan. Uh, I want, I want everyone to sometimes breathe out and go, it's okay. 
it's okay that you didn't predict it. None of us predicted it. I didn't predict it. You didn't predict it. John and Alex at Rise with all their success didn't predict it. No one's predicted it. We, uh, we were all, I, I think February for Hoxo was the best month we've ever had. And uh, I was, I was sat there putting my P&L and stuff together and it, over Christmas. And then it started to take shape. Uh, January and February were awesome. Even March got off to an absolute flyer. And if you, if you listen back to me in, in the original RAG podcast with, with Nick Eaves in, in, uh, from Stanton House talking about his business and how it was being affected by COVID in Hong Kong, it still didn't take any real significance for me. I just felt like it was going to be something that would come and go. So I don't think any of us could have predicted it. So, you know, it isn't your fault. And spending any time beating yourself up or even reviewing, I guess, previous forecasts, I don't think it's a good idea. And, and a lot of recruitment owners I've spoken to have done things like that. I say, move on now. Like, we, we should be in an acceptance position uh, by now. And, and uh, it, we've just got to be open to the new world. Um, the second point I made, I wanted to I definitely learn, is remote working is, is definitely, it's different. Uh, it's different in COVID-19 than I think it's, it was before. And I think it's different. It will be different forever. Um, um, if you look at your life and how you've operated, if you're anything like me in this sector, you, you know, you're brought up in a, in a culture where being in an office is just part of it. Being physically present is part of almost like the, the, the culture, the KPIs. It's he who comes in earliest and stays latest is often rewarded, seen to be working harder. Um, so it tends to do better. Like let's not pretend if people are putting in the hours, staying later and picking up the phone more, like they've always done well. So it's not, or they've, sorry, it's always contributed to success. So it's not a necessary negative. And I remember when I was in my, my agency before, when I, even when I, when I was their top biller and, I'm, and I bought a property and I had things to do, I know they didn't really care, but in my mindset, I felt guilty when I was working from home. I didn't do it a lot. I remember a handful of times, but it felt, I felt guilty. Um, Hoxo, we've been a bit more flexible uh, in terms of the way we operated anyway. And we hired a few fully remote people in 2019, which changed the game in terms of how we could hire talent and also um, how we could keep our office space quite small. But at the same, it was still not necessarily embedded in the culture as well as it is now. Um, and I think it's, it's become something that we've all been thrust into and I, and I reckon that this kind of, from my, from my conversations, I reckon there's going to be quite a unique split of people that really enjoyed it and people that didn't. Um, and the ones who, who enjoyed it are going to push for it. Maybe not 100% of the time, but I think there's, you know, you've all seen those polls on LinkedIn around, uh, you know, how many days a week do you want to go back to the office? I, I think the majority of people that have enjoyed and got the most out of this process um, will want to go back a couple of days a week. And I think there'll be a lot that just, they're not set up for it. Their working environments at home, whether it's children, families, or whether it's they're young and they live with friends and whatever reason, it's just not the right fit for them. And culturally, and as individuals, they might perform better when they're, you know, they're in an environment where they feel is, is purely for work as opposed to being able to nip out and play in the garden with your dog or whatever that I, I love. Um, so I think it's going to create two camps. And I think recruitment companies will become kind of almost they'll have a flag saying we're kind of a camp or b camp that's my 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 vision is that 
there'll be agencies that might try and sit in the middle, but the ones that are firmly, you know, we are a, an office-based culture, like 90% of our workforce works in together, will attract people that want that. And the guys that are going all out on the remote side and push the fact that you can work wherever you want, how you want, will will attract pe- pe- the best people in a different way. So I definitely think it's going to create a, a, an interesting divide. Um, also, remote working creates in my personal experience a different a different type of stress i think working in an office i don't know about you but i'm in a business of there's about 15 in the office most days i get a lot of questions people just pulling me all the time sean can you help sean can you help um i think that that used to stress me out because you know i was like where how do i get things done i'm like i've got my own job but i'm also my job is to support others so how do i get things done but um, when it comes to now, it's like, how do I get breaks? How do I get those little, no one's chipping away at me as much. And uh, I don't even have the, you know, let's go and walk downstairs or go to a meeting in the city. Now it's, I've literally got to manufacture breaks for coffee or breaks to go outside and break. Like, and that's not a natural thing because I wasn't trained that way. I was trained to work and then someone would distract me or I'd go out for my lunch or whatever. So it's, it's very, I'm getting used to that the the way the day works zoom as zoom fatigue i think is going to be a, a genuine uh problem people are facing i don't know about you when it comes to the weekend i'm absolutely sick of zoom calls i don't want to speak to anyone on video i'd rather phone them or see them or not or not at all um but as a business we went into zoom heavily about a year ago anyway so this didn't affect me but speaking to recruitment owners across the 50 episodes I, I've, I've got a familiar story that they've all had a, like a honeymoon period with video and now they get a little bit stressed because again you can back to back videos much closer than you can physical meetings so if i know i'm in the city at one till two and i've got another meeting after well i need to put in a 30 minute or an hour's travel time on zoom you can just one minute later bang it on so you haven't even finished going to the toilet and the next meeting starting and i don't know about you but that i think it creates fatigue and stress that we all need to get better at so my advice from me personally, it was, is block out your day, block out times that people can't zoom you. People can't just jump on and, and, and call you and, um, find those times, even if it's, you know, full hour at lunch or a bit of time in the afternoon, in the morning, work, work around you. Um, also remote working, I don't think provides the same level of opportunity to focus on working business hours for a lot of people. Like, you know, if you're at home with children, nine to five might not actually be the best time for you to get things done or, or some parts of that won't be because your kids are there and you know, they need time with you and they need to be occupied and they, you know, you might need to check their work and all things that you used to leave teachers to do. So, um, I'm, I'm speaking to a lot of the people in my Academy. In fact, uh, you know, they're midnight, they're sending me content, they're sending me ideas, they're sending me questions. And that's because that's the time they're finding in the day that they can get stuff done and be productive. Personally, I'm a morning guy. I'm a, I'm a five to six o'clock in the morning waker and I get my exercise. I'm, you know, I'll get some regimen in, I tidy up, I clean up the flat and I'm working, trying to get as much done by eight o'clock so that when everyone else is now having their breakfast, I'm already ahead. That's my style. But again, some people, what I, I think find what works for you, but don't potentially don't box yourself into that nine to five anymore as tightly as you used to, because I don't think everyone else is. 
you know, if you need three hours in the afternoon off because your kids are take it and then do those three, as long as you get that work done, focus on the output. Um, the other thing I've seen, I feel like it's just incredible how everything I've been saying for three years on LinkedIn online about marketing and branding for recruiters is, is it's just been accelerated and, and it feels like it's on the fingertips on the, on the tongue of everyone in the sector. Um, I've literally just before recording today, I've just commented on a post by a guy called Steve Guest who said, you know, is personal branding content more important now than sales in recruitment for, for the future? And it's, it's just, I sometimes sit here and go, this is, inc- this is incredible because when I started Hoxo, I don't think I'd ever heard the phrase personal brand. I don't think, I don't think those two words had ever been put together for me. It was something I, I, I just naturally thought you could do, but I didn't know the word personal brand. Uh, and I definitely didn't hear it in recruitment ever in 2016 or before. So it's, it's amazing how much the market's changing and changing at such a rapid pace. And we've seen that. Online activity is, is just at an all-time high because it makes sense. Everyone's at home. People aren't they're not doing as much business. So they have to engage people in a different way. Um, and actually that engagement is leading to business. The guys that are doing well are doing well because of the work they're putting in online, the ones I've been speaking to. So one of our clients, I mean, last week had 991 candidates on a webinar. That's a thousand candidates on an hour's webinar that they wouldn't have done that normally. They would have been, you know, picking up the phone, but now they're, they're, they're going out, they're actively finding key personnel in their sector, in their market that have got a story to tell and they're dragging candidates onto, uh, and sometimes clients, onto these webinars to listen. And for them, I think there's been over like 5,000 attendees in six, seven weeks. So it's been incredible. A brand building exercise like that was not happening. It just wasn't happening in our sector before COVID-19. So um, I feel like the industry is woken up to the fact that marketing is important. I don't think everyone knows where to start, but I do think people understand now that if you've not got a LinkedIn presence as part of your strategy, both at a company and an individual level, it's probably, you know, you're probably a bit dated now. You need to really think about what are my recruiters doing? Just like they're, how are they building rapport on the phone? How are they building rapport online? How are they tracking their growth? How are they making sure their LinkedIn is, is gaining authority in the market? And if you've got five, 10, 15, 20 recruiters doing that on a day-to-day basis, then uh, I think, you're going to be in an incredible position in the future. Furlough is the next one on my list. And I think furlough has been a, uh, well, it's a word I'd never heard of. A word I'd never, ever heard of before. And now it feels like I've said every day for, for 50 episodes and, and longer. Um, I think it's an incredible scheme. And uh, I think the recruitment community I've spoken to have been really, really appreciative of what the government have put together. I think it saved and rescued a lot of recruitment agencies from some seriously dark times. And um, we, when I had Greg Savage on in the first few days, he, he talked about headcount being absolutely, you know, 70% of what most recruitment companies spend money on. And uh, I think that was before the furlough scheme was announced. So he was saying, you know, cut hard, cut deep, make quick decisions and make sure you're here when the bounce back. And I think on the whole, furlough has allowed businesses to avoid that. It's allowed businesses to go stay on the bench, We'll, uh, we'll delay that conversation and see how the market plays out. And I think um, it's been interesting to see what, what people have done with that time from both 
agencies and the people that are on furlough. So from an agency perspective, I've spoke to some people who have really found it difficult to know how to deal with people on furlough. One of my clients talks about how, you know, he's, he's trying to have a weekly call with everyone um, on, on video for the whole, to, including the furlough lot. And, and some of the furlough lot don't even turn up. Um, so they're, they're treating it, you know, he said they've, he's seen that they've, they've been treating it a bit like a holiday. Um, you could ask him, you know, how much comms have you actually had with these people? How well did you communicate the situation at the beginning? How do they feel about the fact you made them furlough and not others? There's so many moving parts to this that, you, you know, everyone's unique experience has been different. I think on the whole, though, everyone, every owner has found it difficult to navigate the right move in terms of how they play the furlough scheme, both from a decision making and then a communication strategy. And I think you're, you're not, you're not, if you're feeling that you're not alone, you're definitely not alone. I've learned that most are in the same boat. And then speaking to people on furlough, I've spoken to a few offline and a few online. So the likes of Gary Wills, who was on last week, um, some have taken it and just gone, you know what, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to, to learn, to take pride in, um, in the fact my business gives us this opportunity, I'm going to contribute to, to the economy, to society. I'm going to, I'm going to be active online. I'm going to try and, you know, do some incredible things like what Gary's done around the country of furlough. And it's just, in, it's just incredible. Um, and then there's others. I, th- I think that I've just treated it like a holiday and, uh, probably just pretended they haven't got a job for a few months and hoping that they'll have one when they come back. And I think that's a, a super dangerous place to be. If, if you're in that boat and you've, you've not enjoyed you know you you you've so you've you've enjoyed your furlough so much that you've you've not really uh thought about work or thought about the organization you know how how do you expect to to be brought back in it's going to be an interesting time and i'll be honest i i think there'll be a mass wave of redundancies coming up in the next few next few months um if you're a recruiter now out there listening and you're thinking is this a good time to 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 move and think about a move i'd I'd probably start thinking about chatting to some other recruitment owners and whether you use a rec to rec or go directly, I think you should be thinking about what, what do you want from your own career and what, what culture will work with you in the new world. Um, and if you didn't like how you were treated, then what, how do you want to be treated? Like we've all got to decide, I think where we want to be after this. What does our life look? We've got an opportunity to, to, to decide what our life looks like. Um, where do we want to be? How, uh, how do we want to live? And, and that moves into my next point of as much as this is about business, that's also your health and your, your personal well-being. So if you look at you know, the commuting time that, that we all went through, I know personally I've swapped commuting for exercise and investment in myself. And I think I've spoken to so many recruitment owners and people in the market that are eating better. They're training more. They're walking they're exercising, they're spending time at home, they're, they're absolutely like investing in themselves to be the best possible version of themselves. And that, that to me is making the most out of this time, this opportunity. And, and the people that are successful, they're usually the type of people that, that want to make, they want to squeeze every ounce out of every opportunity. So it's incredible. And like this, the, 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 the next business I've partnered with, which is Odro, and I'm, I'm delighted to have partnered with Odro is a brand I've, I've always admired. We've, we've always been in touch with these guys and always felt like the Hoxo and the Odro brands are so similar in their, our approach. 
Um, and then when I had Ryan on the show, I was like, you know what, you guys are just the perfect people to work with. Um, and look, they've proven it because within a couple of weeks of working together, they've already come up with this event called the, the Active Recruiter Challenge. So Ryan started a Strava group. He mentioned it on my, the latest episode with him where um, from, his, you know, from his phone, he's been able to connect recruiters around the world who are all going on runs and using this time. So he's basically saying, if you're one of those chosen few that are invested in your health as opposed to just commuting, then you know, let's, let's get out there and, and compete. And recruiters love competing. So Strava Group's been set up, but now they're taking it one step further and they're putting together a, for Teenage Cancer Trust, which is a, obviously an incredible charity to focus on. They're, they, they're asking everyone to run together on the 10th of July. So either a 10K or a half marathon, everyone to leave their house, put on their trainers and just go um, and record their times and compete. I think you've only got to pay £25 to be part of it and you can I've put the links to it. But again, another initiative where you guys can get involved and really support a, a charity. But from an odd row perspective, I, think it's, I just think it's brilliant. These ideas that people are coming up with now that weren't happening before, weren't happening in, in normal life. Um, it's allowed us to think about how we want to live our lives, how we want to be, who do we want to help um, and uh, be a bit more selfless as well. The next, uh, the next thing I think it's taught me is where you operate where do you live and what do you do uh this is probably more of an internal one than what i've learned from the show but i've been thinking about i don't know about you i've always been focused on where my business is located is where i'm located and and i don't i don't think anyone told me it had to be but just by sheer default of my experience that's just normal right so offices in london i live in london the last few months, obviously being a Mancunian in London and, and, and feeling like, you know, that was me forever. Um, I've even thought about, you know, before lockdown, I wonder if I lived in Manchester and I commuted for a couple of hours. My wife likes Manchester and my family up there and, you know, prices are cheaper on housing and, and you know, you don't, maybe I don't have to be in the office every day. That was already on my mind. But now lockdown has made me think, well, in the last seven, eight, nine weeks, I could have been anywhere within a decent close enough time zone to the UK. I could have been anywhere. And that's got me really thinking. And I think, I don't know about you, it's made me think, what do I want from my life? And do does London offer me that? Because I don't need to be here. I, we've, we've managed every single task we normally manage and more from the comfort of, of our houses with internet. Like I'm recording this show now. It's, it's not, I could be sat anywhere. So, I mean, my wife's Turkish and I'm, I'm genuinely looking at Turkey as an opportunity next year once all this is over to maybe go and do a year. I spoke to Dave Hume who lives in Portugal, Lisbon on, on the show and I was fascinated by his lifestyle and it made me think, why couldn't I go and live in Bodrum or uh, on the beach in Turkey and uh, you know, operate Hoxo from there? Fly into London every two weeks? Why not? Have you thought about it? I've spoken to a couple of recruitment owners that I've thought, after this, do I really want to live in London? Would I operate? Would I go and find you know an area which I feel would be better to raise children, and I could still come in semi regularly and and get my job done? I think where you want to be, how you want to live your life, has to be in your own hands after this. Lockdown has taught us that hundred um, percent. The next thing I've I've been uh, thinking about is 
the online training uh, that recruiters go through. I mean, training is a big, L&D is a big, big area of our industry that's probably been underinvested in. So long a recruiter has joined a business and the first thing they've, you know, the first thing they've been told is get on the phone, listen to the guy next to you and you'll, uh, you'll pick it up. Whether they pretend they've got these amazing academies or not, some, some do. Majority of organizations are quite light in their training and it's all about practical sink and swim. And it works. Like we all, we, the best people typically can survive it. But moving forward, that ain't going to be as possible because you're going to have someone in potentially in a hub away from you or in their house. And how do you say, get on and listen to Johnny and crack on? You can't do it. So whilst most of our recruitment operations need to change, training, learning and development is a, is a real, real topic that needs to change. I think the guys over at, um, they're called Recruiting in Lockdown, Hannah Keep and Jeremy Snell, they've done a really good job at putting together an online training program, which you should have a look at. Um, really impressed with how they've marketed it. But if you've got any aspirations to, to remotely grow this organization now, you've got to think, how do I onboard and get people up to speed and engage them in future development from a, from a remote basis? And the chances are you're going to struggle to do that internally. So, you know, spend some time speaking to suppliers, speaking to other opportunities, speaking to looking at platforms and what, what can you do on that front? Because from all the people I've spoken to, you know, those that want to grow, uh, they're already doing it. They're already thinking about training, how they're going to manage it. Um, and that, that feeds into the, the next the, the, the next and final sponsor that I want to announce that we, uh, we, we're announcing to start a partnership with in June. And these guys are, are well-known in the market now. I don't think they were a couple of years ago, but the guys over at Vincere who are um, they're a recruitment CRM ATS that most of you should have heard of, maybe not as uh, mainstream as some others, but I first heard about them a couple of years ago uh, the name's quite different, Vincere. I was like, what, I don't know what it is. It sounds Italian. Um, but when I looked into them, they, uh, they clearly had a vision to partner with businesses that were similar to the ones we did. They wanted to work with the smaller, more ambitious end of the market. I think they've got clients in both sides, but they're really up for businesses that want to disrupt and you know work in a remote cloud environment. So if if when it, when it came to looking at the third sponsor, that these guys, we had the conversation. I was like, the, the fit's right. Because they're trying to fuel that future workforce. You get your training right. You get your onboarding right. You've got to get your tech right. You've got to have the right CRM. And um, something like Vincere, which is cloud-based, plugs into, you know, it's got an open API, plugs into other tools, is super, um, super important. And if you're a new organization, new recruitment business, and you've not got your your CRM locked down on cloud, then you should be looking at these guys because they've got, they've got it all planned out. They know exactly what small modern recruitment companies need to be successful. Um, get in touch with them. They've also put together a package for any rag listeners. If you go to Vincere, V I N C E R E dot I O forward slash rag, then, uh, they've already put together a, a deal for you guys listening. So, uh, get on there and have a look. The next, uh, the next thing I wanted to say I've learned is, that time away from the digital world, it goes against everything I'm saying on a day to day because I'm, you know, I'm promoting digital marketing and getting on your devices and being social. But I also think there's a really big mental health risk. I had that chat with Andrew Gibson and um, 
and Ronda D'Ambrosio and also Katie Maycock earlier in the, in the season. And mental health, mental health week last week is so important. It's so under-invested um, in. It's, so, it's such a, an interesting concept that I personally have had some real challenges with in the past couple of years. Um, and I think technology plays a big part. If you, if you, I think Katie Maycock said, if you invest the first 30 minutes to an hour of your day without technology and the last 30 minutes to an hour of your day without technology, what you're saying is you put, you are putting your own mental health before the uh, attention of others. So by opening your email and responding to someone else, what you're saying is their request is the most important thing for you to you that day. And I, I think it's so difficult. Every day I wake up, I grab my phone. So I wake up about 5, 5.15. My wife's asleep. I sneak out of the bedroom. I always bang a load of shit. I'm always so loud. I try not to be, but I always do. And then I get to the living room. The, the dog's looking at me, so I'll cover his cage. And then I sit down, I have a glass of water, and I always get my phone and go, instantly go to LinkedIn or email. Like It's just a natural reaction. Click that button. And I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to actively tell myself, no, stay off it. And uh, I'm getting better at it. I'm definitely getting better at it. So give yourself 30 minutes to an hour and, and don't go on them, especially at night as well, before you sleep. Don't read on, online. Don't you get, an old, get a book out. Spend some time reading or speaking or chatting, but don't stay off this blue light that's keeping us zoned in because um, it's stressful. If you've been on Zoom calls all day, you've been at your laptop all day, get off the tech. Like, Just have a break from technology. I really think that's important. And the smart people I'm talking to on this show are, are, are saying the same thing. Um, and I think that really concludes the main things that I've, I've learned. And, and, I, and do you know what? The final thing is I've learned that this market is full of ambitious, motivated, resilient people. I know they already, already knew that, but this is just proven that recruiters are, are not giving up. The best businesses are still great businesses. They might be a bit smaller. They might be a little bit fitter in some ways. They might be doing things slightly differently, but they're still great businesses. They're still ambitious and still want to grow. Um, I launched the, the Hoxo Academy at the beginning of lockdown. I, I planned it all out in, in earlier this year, but I, I wasn't ready for it until lockdown came. And I was like, Do you know what? It's got to go. So by May, we launched our first academy. And for those of you that don't know, the academy is a 16-week um, a training program where I, I'm working with groups of recruitment owners in, in 15 sets of 15 uh, for an hour a week. And I'm basically, I've taken all the work that I've done over the last three years on LinkedIn and documented it as a, as a package that you guys can learn and, and take, and, and take into consideration. And, you know, this is an investment in yourself and it goes to show that, you know, a lot of people are doing it. We've had 75 already in the course now in the first five and a half, six weeks, which is just incredible. It just shows that the amount of people that are, they're not holding back. They, they, they've all said to me, Sean, we are going to grow through this no matter what. And they know that they, they want to get off the, the reliance of just picking up the phone, but they don't really know where to start. So um, it's, been a, it's been an amazing journey. And I've loved it. I've, I've absolutely loved being so close to these people and spending an hour a week listening to their challenges. One guy um, said to me today on the call that he – it was his first ever video last week. And he, he messaged me saying, Sean, it's my first video. Can you watch it? I think it's shit. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I put it on in my phone in the morning. 
after I'd given myself half an hour without it. And uh, I loved it. I thought his video was honest. I thought it was transparent. I thought it was natural. And he said he imagined himself on the phone. It was the only way he could do it. He basically imagined the phone was just chatting to someone. Um, and I just said, look, post it. And he's put it up online. And in, in a week, he's had, I think he's had over 1,600 views, which for him is the first he's ever done. And he's had plenty of messages of support. And he got a, a HR director of a potential client reached out saying that his message was so um, resonated so much that they want to have a coffee with him and have a virtual coffee over lockdown. So he's already, you know, there's a potential business to be won. And he, this is someone who's never done this before. So I'm, uh, I'm just excited for the, for the sector and for, these, for, for you guys to, to really learn new skills but take, and take all of the lockdown, all the problems and, and fuel as you make it your fuel for the, for the next phase of your business. It might not look the same. Your agency might look different. Your targets might be smaller. Your people might be smaller, but growth should still be on the mindset. The rag is all about growth and you, you should still be thinking about growth in, in lots of different ways. Um, and this sector is really, I mean, it's just, it's just been incredible. It's been, I've been, I've, been, I've loved being a part of it. So, um, Look, I hope that you've enjoyed hearing my take on what's gone on. I've probably chipped in a lot of these things anyway on certain episodes, but it's nice for once just to sit down and get my thoughts out on paper and, and share it with you. Um, I do appreciate every message I get. For those of you that, that do um, do reach out, it's massively, I read everything I get and I, I try and respond to everything as soon as I can. So thanks and keep them coming. Um, if you are interested in an academy next Thursday, uh, no, sorry, next Friday morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, so that is so Friday the 12th of June at 10 a.m. I'm going to be hosting a, a taster session, which is where I will talk you through the exact detail of the course. You can meet some of the people that have been on the recent courses and um, find out whether it's for you. And I'm going to put a link to it on this. So if you want to register for that, it's more, you're more than welcome. 10 o'clock on the 12th of June, I'll be hosting a free webinar, which is all about the Academy to get in touch. Um, obviously, if you like the sound of any of our sponsors, so Rise, Odro, or Vincere, there's links to that as well. Get in touch with them. Um, and I'll be back again tomorrow. I've got more stories, more people to talk to. We enter the, the 51, the 51st episode, sorry, of, of the show. And let's see how far we get. I'm not going to slow down anytime soon. Daily has been great fun. I think it's adding lots of value. We've reached over 14 and a half thousand downloads this month, which is amazing. It's almost triple where we were when we began the lockdown. So it's going to keep coming. Um, and if you guys have any questions or things you want me to find out right now, then just, just drop me a note on LinkedIn and I'll do my best to work that out for you. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow, but in the meantime, you stay safe and I'll see you soon.